Does your boss secretly want you to quit? It may not even be much of a secret. And then virtual layoffs seem to be the new normal. We'll break it down, tell you how that affects you. Don't move. Let's go. Helping you win at work and in life. More money, more meaning in the Monday through Friday. That is my aim. My name is Ken, and let's uh, let's set some of you free today because I think some of you need this. You've been hanging on, just hoping, just hoping things will change, and they're not going to change because your leader wants you to break up with them. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've got any of these stories from your past. I, I have one. I, and I and I feel like such a bonehead because I didn't see it. And, and so I hope you can learn from me. Uh, this was college and uh, uh, it was dating a girl and and man, it was it was boy, we we had a lot of puppy love. It wasn't real love. It was puppy love. and man, we were really into each other and it was we couldn't spend enough time together. you you remember those kind of relationships? It was just it's almost like it was too much. And it was such to the level that I was intoxicated by how much time we spent together. Then all of a sudden, she didn't want to spend as much time with me. And she was acting weird. And I'd say, are you, or is everything okay? And she'd say, yeah. And I knew deep down she wasn't okay, but she was telling me she's okay. And she, you know what I did? I believed it. Because I didn't want to acknowledge that this was slipping through my fingers. You know what I'm talking about. We've I, many of us have been there, and and boy, I felt stupid because when she finally did break up with me, I was like, "You, you idiot, you dummy, you sh- you should have seen this coming." I mean, couldn't have been more obvious. And then after I got over the pain of the breakup, you know what I realized? She was trying to get me to break up with her because it would have been easier. She didn't want to be in a relationship. But she didn't want to confront me and dump me, so she was trying to get me to get mad and dump her. Oh, the pain and agony, but it's just normal. And that same immature, unhealthy approach in a relationship is is existing in the workplace where you've got bosses who don't know how to break up. So they get you to break up with them. And, and, and as silly as it is, and it is, it is, it is not mature. It is, it, it is an example of really poor leadership, weak, unhealthy leadership, but it's there. And I want you to see this as early as possible because it happens every day in America. And the reason I want you to see it is so that you don't have to go through the confusion and the depression that comes with these mixed signals and these weird, uh, let's call it kind of passive-aggressive behavior. It's not kind of, it's passive-aggressive. So instead of choosing the difficult conversation, weak leaders simply withhold communication, mentorship, coaching, and recognition. Let me say that again. Instead of having a difficult conversation, they start pulling back on things that you may have been getting or things that you certainly need. And when you don't get them, they know what's happening. You begin to feel 
like something's wrong. Because that's what they want to do. They withhold communication. They stop communicating. Uh, they, they withhold mentorship, coaching, development, recognition. So let's look at some very specific examples of those broad categories. Signs that you are being pushed out passive-aggressively. One situation is you get denied promotions. Notice I put an S on there. Could be one promotion, but but many times it's multiple conversations where they just stonewall you. Uh, sometimes they'll come straight up and go, you know what, no, it's not the right time. And that's as close to confrontational as they'll get. No, I'm sorry. And they'll come up with an excuse, but they tell you no. The other times when they go, well, we're thinking about it. We'll look at it. That's something we're going to have to kind of work through. We'll let you know. And that's the old Congress. Let's just kick the can down the road and deal with it later. The second sign is that there's more disconnection than normal. Something's changed, not as connected. The manager creates distance between the two of you. Just by not communicating effectively and sometimes not communicating at all. The third sign is discouragement. And it's not you being discouraged, it's them discouraging you. So it's it's not the denial with a, well, here's a reason, very specific reason, or kick the can down the road. This is, you'll ask for opportunities for growth, and they never get back to you. You're not asking for a promotion. You're just going, hey, what can I do? How can I be better? How can I add more value? So this isn't a direct ask. This is just a, hey, I'm willing and able, and they respond with a, we'll let you know. We'll tell you if that's something that we think. And they just dismiss you. And that is a form of discouraging you. They don't want you asking again. Fourth sign is much more aggressive. They just straight up demote you. They don't want to fire you, but they come up with some reasons and they demote you. That's reassigning you. Less responsibility. Less exciting work. I'm telling you, being demoted is one of the most commonly used tactics of poor leaders. They don't think about the psychology of demoting someone. They don't think about what it's really going to do to you in a harmful way. They're thinking about it as the easiest way to get you to leave. They know it's not good, but they're not really thinking about how it affects you as a human. They're just trying to make it easier on themselves. And so they tried again to demote you, to get you to go, I'm not doing this, I'm out. And then finally, they disrespect you. And this, this is a major shift here between being treated with dignity and then very clear instances where you are not being treated with dignity. Could be a flippant tone, could be an aggressive tone, could be uh, a humiliating circumstance where they humiliate you, where they are trying to get you to say, I'm out, I'm not doing this. Remember, all of these signs being denied, 
disconnected, discouraged, demoted, disrespected. I'm covering this from every angle possible because all of these are signs that they are trying to get you to self-select and say, I'm not going to do this. And so when you begin to see those signs, here's what I want you to do. I want you to dig into the why. Because what they're doing is wrong in trying to get you to leave, but I want you to be self-aware to go, wait a second, why are they doing this? Am I doing something wrong? This, this is tough. Because you've got to find out, are you a part of the problem? The way they're doing it's wrong, but I want to know. What am I doing wrong? Is it effort? Is it attitude? Is it ability? Is it compatibility? I'd want to know. Because this could keep happening to you, and you never learn from it. So now you see the signs, dig into the why. You're going to be better for it. All right, folks, welcome back to the show where we help you win in work so you can win with money and create the life that you desire to live. Thrilled to have you with us. If you're enjoying the show and you're listening on your favorite podcast app, I would love for you to follow us and give us a five-star review, please. That helps us grow, and I would be so grateful if you're watching rather on YouTube, would you like and subscribe. Whatever you're watching, give us a like and subscribe to the channel. That would be great. Also, sharing on YouTube is super easy with one click. We'd love that as well. All right, folks. So uh, I have a deep abiding passion to um, help people do work that they're good at, that they enjoy, that produces results that matter to them. Because it's not taught. This is not taught in schools. You're just taught to be a good answer giver, pick a major so you can get a good job. That's what you're taught. And then you're left to discover on your own. That's why I have put time and energy with Ramsey Education into developing a course called Foundations in Career Discovery. Who's this for? This is for teenagers and for parents who feel like their kids are in a matrix. Parents, you're scared about your kid's future as far as how they pick it. You're not quite sure how to guide them. They're not going to listen to you anyway. Maybe they'll listen to another middle-aged guy. I'm so proud of it. We have real teenagers, students that are a part of this course. We sit down and have some really interesting living room discussions, as well as I teach what I teach on this show, but for students. It is a home study, so the kids can do it by themselves, and you can guide them, and there's parent materials, teacher materials as well. The course is $49.99 for one student for one year. You can add additional students for those of you with multiple kiddos for only $30 per year. You get a free teacher account you're the teacher, mom and dad, and additional teacher resources, student progress tracking, and a grade book. Each student will also get a free version of my student version of the Get Clear Career Assessment. Parents can purchase up to 10 students per account, so go check that out uh, at kencoleman.com slash student. kencoleman.com slash student. kencoleman.com slash student. All right. Let's uh, get to the uh, world of lockouts and layoffs. Sounds horrible, doesn't it? What do you mean, Ken? What's a lockout? I remember lock-ins as a kid. You remember lock-ins, Alex? You ever go to a lock-in? You know, like I was a camp counselor at the local YMCA as a college kid. Summertime job. And they would have lock-ins. And basically the parents dropped the kids off, and, and you had yahoos like me 
supervising these kids all night. A lot of pizza and Mountain Dew. A lot of pizza, a lot of Mountain Dew, and obnoxious games and screaming and yelling. And it was a lot of fun until around 1 a.m. Where you want to go to sleep and the kids are just starting to feel the effects of the fifth Mountain Dew. Well, this is not a lock-in. We're talking about lockouts. What is that? Oh, it's awful. Lockouts are a result of virtual layoffs, and otherwise known as lazy layoffs. See, lazy layoffs are getting a lot more attention. Let me explain. This is from a Washington Post article citing an employee with Amazon's gaming unit. Tried to sign in for work recently. She found access to most of her internal systems had been revoked. Her calendar had been cleared, except for one ominous 15-minute meeting labeled organizational updates. Bum, bum, bum. This is awful. Does anybody think that this is dignity? This poor woman gets locked out of everything. Calendar scrubbed. And she gets the we need to talk calendar invite. That is a gut punch. Do we think that this is a best practice, anybody? It's not. During the meeting, the organizational update, the manager read from a script. As he explained, her position had been eliminated. The conversation felt impersonal after years spent with the company. Can you imagine? Hi, thanks for coming to the meeting. I've got to read off of this. Let's call this young lady Laura, shall we? Laura, I first want to start off by saying how much Amazon appreciates your time with the company. Over your years, we have seen you complete your task with competency and your duty to the company is much appreciated. We have tracked your growth as we have developed you along the way, and you have moved up to this position, spending 18 months in the position of junior Amazoner. Over the next year, you met requirements and got good scores on your annual review till you moved up to senior junior Amazoner. And while your time with the company has been marked by exemplary performance, It is regrettable today that we need to inform you that your position is being eliminated. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I did my best to create a scenario that I think we need to kind of just sit with that. As opposed to this. Laura, I got awful news. This stinks. We're having to lay you off. And these are the reasons. I hate it. You've been great. And um, this is not a good feeling. And uh, I want you to know that I'm going to be available to be an incredible resource as a reference for you. I've thought about some connections that I'd like to make for you. And I just wish this wasn't happening. And unfortunately, this happens in business. And there's no way to make this sound good. But I got to tell you, you're not a bad human being and you're not a bad worker. And I'm really sorry. 
Do you have any questions? I'll answer everything that I can. Uh, I'll give you the details about what's going to happen with the severance package and everything else. But I just, I wanted to look you in the eye and tell you that I've enjoyed working with you and you're a really good person. And I don't think this should stain you. And I don't think that this should, this should ruin your life. I know it's going to ruin your day and the days after that. I'm really, really sorry. And I, I literally will do anything that I can to help you, but I just want you to know I'm here to answer any questions. Now, which do you think is, is the best move? Now, let me also point out that in my little bad acting here, that doesn't take away the sting for Laura. And I acknowledge that. It doesn't take away the sting, but can I say it lessens the sting? I really believe it does. Why? Because one robs her of her dignity when you are when you are locked out of your entire system except for one meeting that says we've got to talk, and then when we come to talk, and she already knows what's going to happen, and then you read off of a script, you have dehumanized her, and in the greatest moment of grief that she's experienced in quite some time, you dehumanize her? You're creating all kinds of damage. This has happened to 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 literally tens of thousands of employees over the last couple of years. Some people have likened this type of layoff as being broken up with. But if handled correctly, the experience can be a little bit less painful. Jessica Kriegel is the Chief Science of Workplace Culture at Culture Partners, uh, is even taking the tack that she thinks virtual layoffs are the best way to do this. So instead of doing it personally, she recommends a Zoom call, but not reading a script, but maybe the way that I did in scenario two, where you're looking at someone over a computer and saying all the same things. And she believes this is best because she thinks that she would rather be laid off at home in private as opposed to having to come into the office, be laid off in a conference room, try to hold your emotions together and walk out. And I think to myself, that's a compelling argument that she makes. However... I just believe that the data will show, and it does show, uh, here it is right here, uh, Seema Sajani, uh, who is a Sauter School of Business professor at the University of British Columbia, says the research shows there's a benefit to communicating bad news in person. Having the awkward conversation is more humane and more dignified. So this virtual layoff that people are espousing is, again, I think more about lazy leaders not wanting to have to sit in person and deliver bad news. Be dignified. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. If you aren't happy at work and you're going, I don't know where I could be happy, the first thing we got to start with is the right seat. We want to get the right seat, and then we want to figure out what the right bus is. Very quick descriptor of that. The right seat is where you're spending most of your day using what you do best to do what you love, to produce results that matter to you. And I've got an assessment tool that is an awareness tool. It's not a personality profile. You've had enough personality profiles. You don't need any more of that. What you need is a 15 to 20 minute assessment that allows you to go, hey, this is how I'm uniquely designed. And that's the talent. And this is what I've always enjoyed doing. And these are the results that motivate me. 
those three areas, talent, passion, mission, get a detailed report where you're great, where you're average, where you're below average in each of those areas. And then it puts your top results, what you do best, what you love to do most, and the results that fire you up the most in a purpose statement. You see this professional purpose statement, and now you've got a high-level job description that any choice you ever make the rest of your life professionally, you run it through this. It's called the Get Clear Career Assessment. Tens and tens and tens of thousands of people have taken this. It's a wonderful tool. KenColeman.com slash assessment. KenColeman.com slash assessment. Uh, you can get it at the store at KenColeman.com. Uh, get it. It's a great gift for high school kids that are going to college, college students that are getting out the real world, the husband, the wife, the parent, the friend who feels stuck. Get them the Get Clear Career Assessment. It is going to give them clarity and then confidence and courage let's go to drew who's on the line in peoria illinois now drew you're on the ken coleman show hey ken good to talk to you how are you today good to talk to you what's up hey so a quick question for you i uh i've been in my current position for the past five years a sales position love my place of work love my manager love everything about it the pay is great um the only issue is that i've been in the same position for five years with no change uh, granted, the pay has gone up because my sales have been high, but the problem is I feel like I should be climbing the ladder a little bit with with my performance. I've been a top performer at my place of work for the past three years. What do you want to climb yeah. to? I, I would love to be I would love to be in a sales management position. Is there a current person in that role? So there is. So my sales manager, he's been in that position the past five years. Um, but as long as I've been there, he also does all of the HR management. Is he the person you were referring to when you said you love your leader? It is, yes. All right, so you want his pot. Correct. Well, that's a challenge, yes? <laughs> it is. So you can't sit in his seat until he gets out of his seat. Correct. Okay, have you expressed this to him? So I haven't. So I, I have been you thinking have, about it here. You have or have not? I have not. You have not said that you want his position? I have not. Have you told him that you want to be promoted at all? I have not. However, he did just recently walk into my office and, and tell me that when that position comes available, that it will be my position. Yeah, but the problem with that is we don't know when that's going to happen. So I think we got two things going on here. Number one, you really haven't expressed that you want to keep growing, but that you feel like there's not much for you to like. You've got to share that with him. You go, hey, I'm I'm making more money and I'm loving it. You got to tell him like you told me. I was very humble. I love how you said it. Look, I love this place, but as a human being, I want to get more responsibility and greater challenge, and meet that responsibility and challenge to the place that I can make more money. If you say it that way, that feels very healthy. Yes. Yes. You got to tell him that. At which point, he may tell you the same thing he already volunteered to you. But mm -hmm. then he at least realizes if he's got any sense at all and he's a healthy leader, he's going to go, well, I know that to get my position. So as we look at Drew growing, one place that he can grow is to my seat. But he knows what his seat looks like in the timeline there. So then he has to go, well, if my seat's not going to open up anytime soon, I got to help find Drew another seat. And if I don't help Drew find another seat that he's excited about, we're probably going to lose Drew. That would be a healthy response, true or false? True. you got to give him a chance to process that. So when he came in and told you that, you didn't take that opportunity to tell him what you told me? 
I did. No, I, I absolutely. I oh. told him. I told him that I would be interested in the in the position because he asked me that. So, the only issue I had with it was he said it could be a year, it could be two years. Oh, I thought you told so, me that he didn't know when it was going to be. No, no, he he did tell, he did give me a timeline of one to two years. Okay, um, is it one is it, year? One year in my mind is is great. Two years is probably a little bit longer than I'd be willing to to wait. All right. So, what's your question for me? Now, I think I got a good background. So, my question for you would be how how would you approach him to express that the fact that you know one year is is probably something that would absolutely be something I'd be willing to wait on, but two years is a little longer than than I would like to wait for something like that. Yeah. If it's me, I would not say that. I would say to him, okay, I'd really love for you to communicate to me as much as you can. Okay. And I don't know if that's six months from now or 10 months from now, or I got to wait until 12 months from now, but I'd love for you to tell me where I stand. And if it changes, I understand, but can you tell me as we keep getting closer to a year from now, tell me what my chances are. Tell me, and I understand that you may not, but, but I'm just asking, I would ask him for that. Well, will you keep me posted and let me know? Because if it's not, I just want to set my expectations properly. Okay. Now, do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Now, here's the deal, though. Between you and me, and if it were me, I'm giving you what I would do. I would ask for that communication so I know where I stand. I know what my chances are. Because I want to hold him accountable. I don't want to wait two years to find out that, nope, it's going to be another year. And I'm looking for other opportunities six months from now. Okay. Ten months from now. I'm looking for a backup plan. Here's why. I'm not going to take my toys and go home the day he tells me, well, it's probably going to be closer to two years. But you've already set this watermark, and I think that's really mature. Really mature really strong for you to go, Ken, I could wait a year. I can't wait to, I love that. I love that you've acknowledged that. That tells me you're really healthy. And and so what I would say is I, I would start looking maybe eight, six months, eight months, 10 months. You, it's your decision, but I would be holding him accountable to tell me if, if I'm going to get the shot in one year, if I'm not, I go, all right, that's cool. I've enjoyed my time. I love the guy. I love the company. I love the work, but I don't want to get stale. And so I, I realize that my season here is done and I'm going to look for something else. That's what I would do. Okay. How's that feel? Very good. That that feels good. All right. I mean, I think that's where you are leaning based on how you're reacting. It is. It is. Yes. I just wanted some reassurance. Yeah, because here's the deal, Drew. Um, you're a good guy and they've been good to you. And I think we all wrestle with Am I being impatient? Am I being immature? Am I being selfish? And the answer is no. We as human beings long to grow. We need a challenge. And that's what you're craving is a challenge. You're craving growth. That is good. That is not misplaced. That is not immature. It's good. And when you begin to feel that ache, folks, you can be patient like I told Drew to be patient. But there's a difference between patience and complacence. Do you see what I'm saying, Drew? I do. Yeah. And I think you, you wired like me, uh, and a lot of people, I think you run the risk of moving from patient to complacent if you stick it out 
after that year is up. So, man, I appreciate the call. Really good stuff. Uh, Drew's on his way, folks. And I, and I think that's the lesson. I think there's a lesson for people because I get a lot of the call like, hey, Ken, uh, I, I, I think I should move on. I want to move on. I got an opportunity, but I'm feeling some guilt. No, you're not feeling guilt. You're feeling a sense of fear of what others will say when you leave because you had a good opportunity and you feel like you're maybe a bad person because you're you're in a really good opportunity, but you want more. And somehow that feels greedy and it's not. See, society has put that on you. When did great become greedy? When did, the, I mean, pure greatness, you the greatest life that you can live to your fullest. That's a great life. That's not greedy. That's out there for everybody. I'm cheering everybody on for that. I want it. If I can't get it, I'm moving on. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.